this morning or your electronic device, whatever it is. I still like using my Bible. I, I just haven't got used to reading. You know, if you read it on your phone, I understand. It's still the Word of God. I'm still used to the Bible uh, in, on paper. I still like it. You know, and I like the King James Version, folks. We have got to stick with the King James Version. I think about it more this time of year. The Bible talks about, and James, uh, the King James Version brings out that Mary was a virgin. There are other, other um, translations do not say. They say Mary was a young girl, young woman. It's important that we believe that Mary was a virgin that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. That's imperative. That's, that's so important to the Christmas story. So we stick with the King James Virgin. Version. I've got the next two weeks off, and I'm so glad. I'm so, my mind is so tired. I'm so glad. Yeah, I'll be preaching, but I've got the next week's off, two weeks off of work. Work. That's what's got me stressed out. It's work. Anyhow, all right, I'll let you turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. It's Gospel of Matthew, the first chapter. I want to talk to this morning about the forgotten Joseph. The forgotten Joseph. For just a few minutes this morning, you just bear with me. Matthew chapter 1. And then we're going to go to chapter 2 and one verse in chapter 13. If you found it, please stand with me in honor of God's Word, if you're able to. Chapter 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost." She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. Over to chapter 2, verse 13. <clears throat> it says, And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. And uh, let's skip down to verse 19. But when Herod was dead, 
Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. Go with me then to chapter 13. One more verse, chapter 13, and verse 55. Chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, and verse 55 says, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? But notice there, is not this the carpenter's son? want to talk for the next hour and a half on, you know, I'm just kidding, on the forgotten Joseph, the forgotten Joseph. Would you pray with me, Father in heaven? We love you this morning. What a privilege to stand before your people today. Would you give me the words that you would have for me to share, challenge our hearts to a closer walk and a relationship with you. Help us to rightly divide your word this morning, and may your word find a lodging place in our hearts. God, we pray that you would work. Anoint me, I ask, like never before, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The forgotten Joseph, you know, I I thank God this time of year and all, well, all year long for the uh, for the birth of Jesus Christ. I appreciate uh, God sending His Son to die on a cross for us, that we would have the opportunity to say yes to eternal life. But this it begins with this Christmas story, and I want us just to focus for a few moments this morning on Joseph because he he's never the main character. But he is an important part in this Christmas story. Important part. Mary is a very important, very important part. But I just don't think we can downplay Joseph's role either because he was the earthly father of Jesus Christ. And even though very little is told to us about him other than what we've read in Matthew, other Gospels say very little about Joseph. And probably by the time Jesus started his earthly ministry, his public ministry, Joseph may have already been deceased by that time. Um, But there's some things that we can learn from Joseph. He's never quoted. There's nothing that Joseph has ever said that's actually written like we find with Mary, we find with the disciples, we find with a lot of others. But I believe Joseph had an important part in the life of Jesus. And so, but just a couple of things about this, because Luke and, and Matthew both bring out this, this uh, uh, gospel story about the birth of Jesus, but from two different standpoints. They look at it, it's sort of it's sort of like the three blind men that were trying to describe an animal, like an elephant, and one goes up to them and, and up to the side of the elephant and touches it and says, oh, this elephant is like a wall. That's what he's like. Another one touches one of his the elephant's feet. Oh, no, he's not like a wall. He's like a tree. This elephant, what they call an elephant, is like a tree. Another one touches the other part of the elephant where his tusk are. No, it said this elephant, it's like a sword. Look at these real sharp points. You know, sometimes you get a different standpoint from wherever somebody had been looking at something. And so each one brings out something that's a little different and add to the Christmas story. So what's interesting is that Luke gives more of Mary's standpoint. 
with the gospel story, with the birth of Jesus. He brings out more of how Mary was involved in this and the angel appearing to Mary, telling her that she was going to give birth to the Messiah. And so it's Luke is more from Mary's standpoint. But Matthew is more from Joseph's standpoint. So we get the story from Joseph's perspective, and the Gospel of Matthew tells us almost all that we know about this man named Joseph. But what's interesting, too, is that that Matthew was written to the Jews, but Matthew tells about how the Gentiles, or the Magi, the wise men, came and found the Messiah, the newborn king. So Matthew tells the Jews how the Gentiles came. But Luke turns it around, and Luke writes more to the Gentiles, but Luke tells about how the shepherds, or the Jewish shepherds, came and found the Messiah. So each one from just a little bit of a different perspective. But the story tells us that they were betrothed. There was a betrothal took place. This was probably an arranged marriage between Joseph and Mary. Their parents probably came and, and, and decided we'd like our children to be family. You know what? It'd probably do a lot of good today for some of us. <laughs> Not that any of us would want to volunteer to be in that situation, but you know what? If probably some of us could decide, we, we, we could decide who we'd like our kids to be with. Uh, but, you know, in that day, it was custom. And they would have brought a dowry. They would have, Joseph's family would have paid for it to replace the services that what Mary did for the family, since she was going to be taken out of the family, they would have brought a, 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 a dowry to replace her and had given it to the family. And so even though they were what we call today engaged, it was a binding contract between the two of them. They would, it was legal, and they would have needed a bill of divorcement to get out of this engagement. We have people break engagements all the time nowadays, but this was legal. It was binding. And so, but here, Mary's pregnancy was grounds for divorce. Under the Mosaic law, he could have easily broken this off. You know, how was he going to understand? Other than the angel appearing to Joseph on three different occasions, the angel appears to Joseph, giving Joseph instructions, and he says, Fear not to take unto you Mary to be your wife. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's okay. It's okay to take her. And so he was already minded to put her away privately. He was not going to embarrass her. I believe Joseph was a just man, a good man. And as God looked for Mary to be the earthly mother, I believe God put as much concern into looking for Joseph to be the earthly father of Jesus Christ. He has an important part in this story. You know, this was a real test of Joseph's character. This was the ultimate test of this man who wanted to do what was right in a difficult situation. And I believe sometimes as fathers and husbands, sometimes we get in those difficult situations where it's really going to prove what you're made of. It's really going to prove what you stand for. 
It's really going to prove, it's going to really be a test of what kind of character you have. Reputation is what other people know you as. Character is what you and God know you as. And sometimes as a man, as a husband, as a father, there may come that time that you're put through one of the most difficult things in your life to see what you're really made of. And so, just take it that. Uh, but I, I, I want you to, I want you to think about this in a couple different ways when it comes to the life of Joseph and how it relates to us. I want to talk about the men to this morning. And ladies, say Amen. Right? I'm going to try and help them out. Okay? Amen. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, honey. Yeah, I'm trying to help myself out too. This is, you know, it's good for me. It's, it's good for me too. But I want you to notice that Joseph was the provider of the home, of the family. He's the provider. That's why I read from Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, where it says, Is this not the carpenter's son? That's the one indication it gives us as to Joseph having a trade in what he did in Nazareth. He was a carpenter. He was some kind of builder, whether it was furniture, whether it was building houses. Joseph was a carpenter. Joseph was a provider for Mary and for Jesus and for the family as they came along. Let me tell you something. This is, you know, where this may, husbands, you're to be the provider in the family. Listen, I understand. I understand somebody gets hurt. I understand somebody is disabled. I know there can be lots of exception. But if you're a well-able-bodied individual and you're a man, you should work. Come on. And I understand our government provides unemployment, but you should not be making a career out of living on unemployment. A couple of months or whatever, but not years and years and years of unemployment just because your opportunity has not come open yet. Because you're waiting for the job that fits your diploma or your degree or whatever you've got. You know what? You are supposed to work. I don't know if my boys would remember it or not, but there was a time I gave them each a five-gallon bucket, and I told them to go out to the garden and pick up rocks. And I think it was Nathan said, well, what kind of rocks? I said, I don't care. Rocks don't grow anything. Pick up the rocks. Oh, do I have to? And I said, if you don't feel like eating till tomorrow morning, I guess it would be okay if you didn't. But the Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. And hunger is a great motivator. But we have gotten good. Our country has gotten good at taking care of people who don't want to work. Come on, help me out. Listen, dads, you need to train your boys how to work. And I know it's not all pleasant. If it was something you really liked, they'd call it something other than work. There's parts of my job that I don't like, that I really dread, but I still get up every morning. I still go to work because I have people, I have my wife and I to feed. We like to eat. We like heat in our house during the wintertime. I like air conditioning in the summertime. I have bills to pay, and so I work. You know, you should find some kind of a fulfillment, man, out of working a job. 
We are raising a lazy generation, a generation of young men who want to live in their parents' basement and do nothing but play video games. Come on. You know I'm right. Come on. They're lazy because they've not been told or taught how to work. If you want something, you work for it. Come on. I found ways for my kids to make money when they were young because I wanted them to learn how to work. We cut grass for the Bank of Romney every so often, I don't know, every week or whatever it was, not because I needed something else to do, because they required one of us as an adult to sit there and watch them, had to do it after bank hours, had all these regulations, but I wanted my kids to learn how to work. I wanted them to know how to Dads, you have a responsibility to provide for your family. Come on, help me out. You have a responsibility. Joseph was a carpenter. Joseph had a trade, and no doubt Jesus, until the beginning of his public ministry, probably for at least 20 years, worked in that carpenter shop. Probably at the age of 10, he began to learn this trade as a carpenter. And fathers, we have an obligation to teach our kids how to work. Listen, grandsons, I know you don't always like it, but dad's trying to teach you how to work. And granddad's proud of him. He's doing right. And so you got to learn how to work. Number two is that Joseph and a husband is to be the protector of the family, of the home. He is to be the protector of the family. We find where the angel appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, "Hey, the king's going to take your the king's going to take your um uh the life of these babies because the they they magi they went home a different way and so the king knew that, that he'd been deceived or whatever and so uh, he was going to seek the child's life and so the angel appeared said Joseph take Mary take the baby and flee into Egypt. Go to Egypt. And so it was a way to protect Mary and protect the baby. You know what, fathers? You, the, you know, the Bible teaches us that women are the weaker vessels. They're the weaker vessels. I mean, they don't have the strength. Some do. <laughs> Some have a lot of strength more than others. But you know what? They are weaker but you know, I think it makes a good a good illustration. Men are you're you're like you're like a, a plastic plate. A woman is like good china, easily broken. Right? Isn't that good? It's better than thinking about, you know, that kind of strength. Ladies, you're like fine china. You gotta be treated right or you'll be easily broken. He's tough. And you know what? Let him be tough. Come on. I want, I, our, our boys need to act like boys. Men, you need to teach our sons to act like boys. We got too many now. They act like sissies. They're afraid to get a little grease underneath their fingernails. They're afraid to get dirty. They want to be a bunch of pretty boys. I think boys, I think they ought to get dirty. Go out, let your kids, let the boy go out and play in the dirt. 
Play trucks in the dirt. What's wrong with that? I, we did it when we were kids. But now they're pampered. Don't have to get dirty while they're playing video games. Come on. And so he is the, we find Joseph is the protector of the family. Husbands, you are to be the protector of your family. I am not going to let somebody come into my house and, 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 and abuse my wife or abuse my family. I, God has given me the responsibility to protect my home, protect my family. And you know what, along with this, Dad, you got the opportunity to protect your family from the outside influences of the world. Ladies, let him be the man that God has called him to be. I know we live in this age of women's lib, but if you have a husband that will love you as Christ loved the church, you won't be able to resist that. Come on. If you've got a truly godly husband, let him be the man and take the position, the role in the home that God wants him to have. Come on. That's good preaching. I might buy this tape or CD. I might have. We don't even have it on CD. I'm just kidding. But you know what? God calls you to be the protector. Be the protector of your family. She is like fine china. My wife has some of that fine china, and it just stays right there in the cabinet. It doesn't get used for every meal because it breaks easily. And so, ladies, don't, you don't mind being the weaker vessel as long as he'll be strong. And he will protect his family the way that God wants him to. Let me give you the last one. I'm going to close. You are to be the priest of your home. You are to be the provider. You are to be the protector. And you are to be the priest of your home and of your family. And I believe it was Joseph that led his family to the temple. They took Jesus to the temple. There was the time. They took him back for the Passover. That's when they left Jesus at the temple. They all started heading from home for home, and they realized we'd forgotten Jesus. I believe Joseph took the role to lead his family to the temple. Dads, you have a responsibility to lead your family in worship. The rest of the family shouldn't be dragging you along to church this morning. You should be the one getting up and seeing that, hey, let's get up. There's no discussion about whether or not we're going to church. We're going to God's house. It was Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to church. And you be the example. You be the leader. As Joseph led them to the temple, you be the one that leads your family to church. Let me tell you, my wife grew up in a home, and where it was always every devotion was, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Children, obey your parents. Obey your parents. Wives, submit yourself to your husband. And if that's, if there's a whole lot more you can say than that. Come on, lead them in worship. Lead them by example. When our kids were at home, they were small. They know. We, we taught them the Lord's Prayer. We, taught, we went over the 23rd Psalm. It didn't have to take hours and hours, but it was something each day. We led them in prayer. We led them to a family altar at the couch. And we did that over and over. Why? Because I'm the priest of my home. 
I have the God-given responsibility to lead them in worship. That's why I told you, I think I said it not too long ago, that's why I drugged my family, my kids, I brainwashed my kids. I drug them to church every time we had revival, every time we had church cleaning, every time we had kids crusade, every time we had vacation Bible school. I drugged them. I drugged. I brainwashed them with the Word of God. I brainwashed them, and I beat them. I just, I'm talking about discipline now, not of child abuse. I don't believe in child abuse, please. I don't believe in child, but I believe they, there's a place to apply the Board of Education, and that's the seat of learning. That's not child abuse. I don't believe in wrapping them up in duct tape, locking them in the closet, all those kind of crazy things that you hear that happen today. That's wrong. That's sin. I don't advocate that. But a little swat on the behind won't kill them. Come on. It's biblical. It's biblical. Help, you know, help them out. They understand. You know, they need discipline. If you love your kids, you will discipline. But here, Joseph, let me get back to this. The priest of the home will lead them, will lead your home in worship. Listen, man, be the man that God wants you to be. Take a lesson from Joseph, this forgotten Joseph. He kind of fades off uh, in, into history or whatever, but I believe he had an important role as the earthly father of Jesus Christ. Be the provider of your family. Be the protector of the family that God wants you to be, and be the priest of your home. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, thank you for your word this morning. God, we thank you for the example that we find in the life of Joseph and the relationship that he had with the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Father, help our men to be strong. We know that strong men make up strong families. Strong families make up strong churches, and strong churches will make up a strong nation. Help the men of our church as they raise their sons to be strong men too. Father, help us now as we come around the altars. Meet us at these altars, we pray, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you come, church? Come on. Come on. Let's find a place to pray.